Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And if you missed out on the Saturday night special, don't you fret because you can uh, find it on my YouTube channel or my Facebook page. And it was amazing. Shane Hurricane Helms was on the show and we had a hilarious time. He told so many crazy, funny stories and he rocked out with us during the Nazareth sing-along. He reappeared uh, with his mask on. It was great. So uh, we had an amazing time with the Hurricane. So check that out. The Saturday night special. And we're going to do it all over again this weekend, except we're going to do it with the guys in quarantine. If you haven't heard, it's my new Kiss covers band. Uh, but here's the thing. We only play 80s Kiss and only 80s Kiss that was uh, involving Bruce Kulick. So we really got our demographic down uh, tight on that. But we're going to talk all about it. It's an ipso facto super group. Uh, our first single uh, comes out on Friday. It's a cover of No, No, No from Crazy Nights. Uh, the whole band is going to join me Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Bass player PJ Farley, guitar player Joe McGinnis, drummer Kent Slusher is going to be there. And we're also going to be joined by our uh, former, uh, by our band, our other, other band member, former Kiss guitar player Bruce Kulick is going to be here. Uh, it's quarantine featuring Bruce, Kul- Bruce Kulick talking Kiss and how this band started and answering your questions on the Saturday night special, 9 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live or YouTube, and Friday on Talk is Jericho, I'm going to debut our version of No, No, No uh, from Crazy Nights. Like I said, it does debut on Friday on all uh, social media platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the video is actually going to debut on Spin Magazine at spin.com. So lots of great stuff coming up. Keep your eyes on the money. Keep your eyes on my uh, Instagram, and keep your eyes on another Bruce, not Bruce Kulik, Bruce Jingles. He's the comedian from the uh, Jericho Cruise Part 2 who was so popular. Uh, they had to turn people away from his stand-up show on the second night of the cruise, and he was voted one of the top new acts, uh, talent that people discovered. thought it was just amazing on the Jericho Cruise. It's Bruce Jingles. Uh, the, his shows were jam-packed. He couldn't fit in everybody who wanted to see him. He's on Talk is Jericho today to talk about how he got into comedy, going to junior high with Ice Cube, and learning from comedians like Dave Chappelle and Richard Pryor. Uh, Bruce is also talking about Bill Cosby and what he knew about Bill's behavior years before Bill was uh, arrested for it. Uh, but there's th- th- something's going on, obviously, with the um, ridiculousness of the COVID virus and all of the great comedians who are basically out of work. Uh, Bruce Jingles is one of them. Bruce has started up a GoFundMe page. If you were on the Jericho cruise, he's uh, asking if you saw him on the Jericho cruise to please uh, uh, do what you can to, to help Bruce out. If you want to uh, donate a little something-something for Bruce and his amazing talents, just go to Bruce Jingles' Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash bruce.jingles, and you'll see it right on the front page. He's actually has done very well, uh, raising much more than he asked for, but he deserves it. He's a hilarious, uh, good friend of mine. He really killed it on the Jericho Cruise and uh, hopefully, hint, hint, we'll see him again on another Jericho cruise. But from the meantime, in between time, he's right here on Talk is Jericho, the comedic stylings of Mr. Bruce Jingles. All right. So um, we always get surveys done after the cruise. And one of the, one of the questions on the survey is, who, was, who, was, uh, who did you discover on the cruise? Like, who did you, who did you enjoy that, that you had never heard of? And on the list this year was Bruce Jingles. Oh, really? And there's only a list of, like, 18 no it's the four <laughs> so to be included was was a pretty big deal and it's great because you were a guy that was uh, recommended to me by like five other guys mm-hmm. and there's just if you're this bruce jingles and, and the like, 
Call him and let's get him on the cruise already because I'm sick of hearing people talk about him. <laughs> Waiters and everything yeah, are coming yeah, up to you. On the street and newsboys, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Homeless Bruce. people, hey, get that Bruce Jingles. He's a good, funny colored guy. Because <laughs> most homeless people are like old guys that sound like Jimmy Cat. <laughs> that, that was, I, I guess, because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but what a, what a great time uh, we had. Uh, it was like cruise. summer camp. It was the greatest experience of my life. Yeah, well, really. So it, explain. You know what? Seeing people that were on the cruise, after the cruise, it's like, hey, how you doing? And then you hug, and then it's back, you're back on the cruise. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Because it, it was just camaraderie. No, There was no no BS. There was debauchery, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, there wasn't any fights or anything. I thought, well, I, actually, I thought Booker T was going to kill somebody. But, but what happened? <laughs> Uh, I guess some uh, wrestling reporter was in the artist lounge. Oh. And uh, Booker walked in. Uh, I know you ain't on this cruise, dog. Uh, you got me f***ed up, dog. Like, he was <laughs> he was pissed. Wow. Like, oh, was it Dave Meltzer that he saw? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dave's one of those guys who's very polarizing that uh, he's he's a wrestling, um, uh, I guess, kind of the... the yeah, the uh, wrestling the, observer. The Jedi, whatever, yeah, the wrestling kind of prognosticator. And some guys take great offense to him mm-hmm. so yeah and, and he was and booker was heated now people don't realize how big of a man booker is yes he's deceptively tall yeah you, you, I you mean, know he's I mean? legit six four yeah no no dude he's gotta be he's Maybe taller he, he, yeah. yeah he's taller than me i'm six four right and he's like taller and way bigger and yeah. it's like oh you know you know what i mean so when you see him that lit that pissed off and sure, and his wife just went, mm-hmm, and she walked away. <laughs> and, I, and I just started laughing because I was like, oh, I know this brother's about to go off. <laughs> so did you have an idea what to expect to go on the cruise? I kind of did. Yeah? Because I followed the first one, and I saw, and you know, and I, would, I would hit up Burt Kreischer, or I hit up, uh, I hit up uh, Brad, you know, just Who's out. Burt Kreischer? That sounds familiar. You, didn't you have Burt Kreischer on your cruise? No. Uh, he was on... Burt Kreischer is a comedian, uh, a okay. bearded comedian. Oh, he's uh, the guy that wears no shirt? Or yes. That's the guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Like Red Cup Jeff? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the tall midget. <laughs> no offense to any, any... No offense uh, to any tall midgets out there. Any, any uh, little people. You're not, oh, not little people. You're big to me. <laughs> but, but, but Jeff... <laughs> but, oh, my God. Like you said, that <laughs> Inside was joke. part of the... Uh, but Red Cup's becoming a celebrity. I'm going to have to have him talk to Jericho one of these points in time. But that was one of the things I wanted to do on the cruise was because... I mean, there's quite a few different cruises out there, mm-hmm. but the one thing that I have on mind that no one else has is Chris Jericho. Yeah. So yeah. I also want to kind of create my own you know, stars with Red Cup Jeff and you know my dad Ted Irvin and like Bruce dude, Jingles even you know. Dude, that was so. Awesome. How's your dad doing? He's good, man. That's, that's my yeah, dude, yeah. dude. Yeah, that yeah, dog, oh, that's yeah. like, what's up? Yeah, he said you white people are crazy. <laughs> you, you need Jesus because <laughs> <laughs> you live. You, you had the uh, Jericho on the cruise has. Is a fortress of solitude. Yeah, you up know, on top. Up on top, you know, the haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was called, right? Yeah, the haven, yeah. And it, it is so awesome. And you just sit up there and, you know, they have the people that work on the cruise constantly at the grill. And you're getting drunk and you could just order whatever the hell you want. And it just goes right on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> like lamb shank, you know, pork chops. <laughs> Cornflakes, <laughs> and you were up there every day. Oh, dude, because it, 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 it was cool. Because it was inviting. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was interloping. I hope I wasn't interloping. No, 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 uh, absolutely. Uh, you, you, like you said, because there's such anybody that was 
up and want to have fun and party and hang out was up there. Uh-huh. So there was a real great scene of, you know, Fluffy's up there yeah. hanging out with his old crew and mm-hmm. you know, some bands are up there and all my friends are up there. So it really was, like you said, summer camp. What a great analogy. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was. You know, I'm hanging out with your dad. You know, I am I'm, I'm feel like a, a member of the family because I'm hanging out with your dad, your son. Yeah, uh, your mom, you know, you know, uh, your brother-in-law, uh, yeah. your cousins, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 um, I forget the two guys, Chad and Todd. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right now people are going, "What the hell are you talking about?" But trust me, it was all oh, fun stuff. Uh, it was hilarious. Cruise, right? yeah, yeah. How was your how 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 did your sets go over on the show? Amazing. The cruise? Uh, the first one, I didn't. You don't realize how big those ships are mm-hmm. until you get on it. You know what I mean. Uh, it, you, I know it's not the minnow or you know <laughs> or anything, but it, it's you 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 don't realize uh, the rooms they have in there. Yeah, like the theater was like three thousand. Yep, three thousand people. So the first night was seven hundred, which is small to a three thousand seater. You know, you know what I'm saying. But it was still a lot. It's still a hell of a crowd. Yeah, it's still a hell of a crowd. And yeah. uh, it was and it was that was great. And then the second one was the one that had the most my the, the that it was my show mm-hmm. and that had three that they had to turn away people from from that. the stardust yeah really? from the stardust yeah wow it was the, the word spread i guess that fast mm-hmm. and i mean you have nothing better to do than talk about the, <laughs> the big black comedian uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh the word spread so even fluffy almost got turned away from coming to see my show and then and it got a standing O, and it was great because all the wrestlers, the wrestlers were in the front. I mean, you had to, hey, you had stuff to do. It was your cruise, but everybody else was there, like Jake the Snake, mm-hmm. Booker T, uh, MVP, and uh, the list goes on. And they gave me a standing O, and the whole place gave me a standing O. And then the uh, the third show was Fluffy's show, which was weird because he hosted, and I closed it. Mm. And so that was the fact that he gave me the nod to close his show. Meant a lot. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Now, did you know him from yeah. before? Yeah, I knew him. I knew him previously. I, yeah. I've known I've known him for a long time. Him and his, and his opener. Because uh, it seems like, I mean, the the L.A. comedy scene, but it's very close knit. Like you came in, Brian Posehn just left, and they were talking about Sarah just having her baby, and mm-hmm. and, and Sarah Tiana was going to be on the cruise, but she got pregnant. And then you know, Kate Kate Quigley. And we're, it, is is it kind of a small scene? It's, big scene. It's yeah. It's a it's a huge scene. But the people that you respect that are constantly working and that aren't uh, bitching on Facebook about why they didn't get the gig right. or, or complain about other comics, why did they get the gig and then get out, get, get out there and get theirs, whatever possible way, we stick together. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Sarah and I, we were on uh, a, a Showtime special together. It was a sketch comedy show. Uh, that piloted. That's the one. That's how I got one of my first credits. Okay. So, so I've always respected her. Hmm. We've respected each other for a long time. Kate, I've known for a long time. So I have a lot of respect for them. Uh, before I was doing stand up, Brian Foson was one of the comics I respected. Not only because of his comedy, but also the fact that he reads comic books. He's you always see him at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, he that he's in the metal. That he's in you know he's in the performance. Uh, the performance side of entertainment, like if I can talk to him about Guar yeah, or something, yeah. you, you know, and a lot or uh, 
green jello or something like that. And a lot That's of people, obscure. yeah, and but a lot of people wouldn't know that, right? And they had to change the name to green jello, green jello, exactly because <laughs> Cosby sued them. No, <laughs> but they, be, what? they took the name jello. <laughs> now that's your second imitation of the uh, show. Are you a big imitation guy? Uh, not really. Okay. Not really. It's something I hold back on on stage. Uh, I, I, I think most impress, uh, impressionists stay in that impressionist thing. Okay. It's kind of the, the one trick. That's the one story. trick pony. Oh, yeah. Like you, you, you're just known as a profi- uh, as an impressionist. Mm-hmm. You're not known as. Uh, for your comedy, you're not known as being witty because I don't think doing impressions are. But exactly it's good to throw it in there when it's because it's unexpected. It's unexpected, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what comedy should be. Interesting, comedy should be unexpected. Yeah, how do you mean? You know, it's a joke you don't see coming. Hmm. If you see it, if usually with comedy, if you see the joke coming, it's not funny. Hmm. You, you know, you know what I'm saying. If you see a movie. If you watch, like, for instance, you watch a movie and you know exactly what's going to happen. This next scene, this next scene, this next scene, this next scene, this next scene. There's no twists, no turns, no anything. Then it's boring. Right. Then it's, you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, with comedy, it's like, oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see this. No, it's it, I, com- good comedy should is a roller coaster. So who's an example of some comedians that, that you like that utilize that? Uh... I think Chappelle is the greatest of all time. Mm. Not just the fact that I've had the chance to work with him, and he knows who I am, and, and that that was amazing to me. <laughs> Did you watch uh, his latest special? I haven't seen the most recent one. Okay, that, that that's his masterpiece, in my opinion. Really? And, After yeah. all the stuff he's done? Yeah, because mm. his body, because that's what makes him, in my opinion, a greater. Now, I'm not denouncing Pryor because he was originally the greatest to me. Pryor, I think Chappelle is greater because he has a greater body of work. And he didn't just go to film like Pryor did. Mm. It was constantly, constantly working, constantly yeah, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when he stopped doing Chappelle's show, people said, whatever happened, what happened to Chappelle? He still, he still existed. Uh, you know, he was going back and forth, East Coast, West Coast, to comedy clubs, working on, working, 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 working. And then that's why, that's how come you can come out after 10 years absence from the public eye, come out with three back-to-back specials. Right. You know, like, pow, pow, pow. And, they're some of the greatest specials of all time. Uh, and, and that's kind of what the goal is for a comedian. Obviously, you want the sitcom and the movies, but the special mm-hmm. is kind of the initial breakthrough, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm looking for... Basically, uh, on June 13th, I'm hoping to shoot my hour special. Okay. Um, it's going to cost me 50 grand. <laughs> But I'm gonna figure. Out, I'm going to figure out how to do this because it's also my 50th birthday. Okay. So I know my fans would come to that. If I if I posted, uh, hey, my family, my hour special for Netflix, come to you know it's my 50th birthday. Everybody's gonna show. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's I I just know that you know come celebrate my 50th birthday with me. How how often do 50 year olds right. people turning 50 record their uh, hour special? Their first special. Yeah. So how does it work? So so what is the 50 grand uh, For the production on? company. Okay. The production company, uh, the filming, uh, the equipment, the manpower, the boom. The booms are <laughs> Those booms are expensive <laughs> as hell. Those freaking booms, man. Those damn booms. <laughs> um, but just the, to have it quality, I think if you've watched, uh, you, don't, you, you don't have time yourself, but if you watch the latest of what trim uh, or what, Netflix or 
any other streaming service is churning out. They're just churning out content, so they're taking anything. Mm-hmm. I, I think the term special is over-exaggerated. Nothing really special about <laughs> some, of the, some of the stuff I've seen. And no offense, I'm not naming names or anything. I'm just saying some of the stuff I'm not, not too impressed with. And I think, but, but now is the time where everybody gets a chance. Mm. If you have your own vehicle, per se. Because right. Hollywood's not looking for you. Hollywood's not going to come out to uh, out in, uh, Ontario, California, where I live, or, uh, you know, they're looking for you. You have to have something to bring to them. So having said that, I want to have something put together, already, done, edited, shot, format, everything. And just say, here, here you go. So and, that's what you do. You put it together, edit it, and then, and then sell it afterwards? Yes. Right. And then sell it for content. And if, they're, and if they know what they're doing, they're going to watch it go, oh, oh, God, he is funny. Mm. You know, he, he has a different view. He's not a low-budget Chappelle, or he's not, you know, because a lot of people that aren't in the know through all comparisons, why am I a low-budget Chappelle? Because I'm intelligent. Because you're black, uh, yeah, right. You know, and then right, right. and then it depends on right. I think that pigeons holds you. So when you're talking about your 50th birthdays coming up and doing your first special, this, this, have you been a comedian since you were young? It's my kid? 20th year. Okay, so it's a lot. Of, it's a lot uh, going into it, like mm-hmm. my 50th birthday, my 20th year, because I was on two uh, specials before. But I wasn't the star of the specials. I was the uh, second second banana. Yeah, but yeah. I, but that helped me mm-hmm. get to where I was. So I left under from being underneath that comic who I used to open for that had the specials and then did it myself. So what made you get into stand up comedy at thirty years old? I had to do the drugs first. <laughs> <laughs> I had to build up a tolerance. <laughs> um, I fear. You know what I mean? Fear made you try it, or fear kept you from trying? Both. Gotcha. Both. Fear to try it because I had I had nothing else at that time. Mm. I was in a, a low place in my life. Gotcha. Fear, fear of I call it fear of failure. The mm-hmm. other fear. Um, what if you try it and it works? Then what are you going to do after that? Right. You know? But uh, um, after one of my um, after my best friend who we weren't talking at the time dared me, said, "Well, you want to do this." Uh, why don't you try an open mic? We've been talking about it all these years. Why don't you get off your ass and do it? And I did it. And I entered an open mic contest at the Ontario Improv, where I live, and it had just opened. And I entered the contest. I won the contest, went to the semifinals, and won that. And I thought, oh, shit might work. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and that was the first and second time I had done it. I mean, I had talked, I spoke publicly before. Um, so I, uh, so I wasn't, I'm not scared of speaking. So right out of the gate, you were successful at it. Yeah. Because yeah. you mentioned, and, and, and not to get too deep, but it seems like a lot of comedians have issues from the past. Is that where the comedy comes from? The darkness? Yeah. I that, think so. Yeah. Like, uh, people talk about clean comics all the time. Oh, we refer to clean comics, clean comics. Well, Bill Cosby was the cleanest comic you know what I mean? So I think, <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think just because you're clean in performance doesn't make you clean in life. Mm-hmm. You're clean in performance because you know what not to say. Right. Right, you, right, right, right. You know? So I try to be, with me, I try to be myself. I know what not to say. Uh, I know in certain situations I can be clean, 
but the rest of the time I could be myself. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, I'm not going to do a, a major, like, a corporate gig. You know, I, I could if yeah. I if I just edited edited out, but right. I'm not going to do a Chuck E. Cheese party. <laughs> Depending on the parent, right, of course, of course. So, where where did you kind of der- derive your style of comedy from? Prior, Carlin. I like the comics that talk to the audience like we're talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Situational. They're not situational. Yeah. They're not talking. They're not preachy. Uh, they're talking like it's just a couple of ca- cats in a bar sitting there, mm-hmm. and that's and that's that's. That's the comedy I like because that way is more personal to each and every individual that sees the show. When I did uh, Groundlings, one of the rules that you learn is don't try and be funny. Yeah. When you try and be funny, you just do it. It's not funny. Yeah. It's when you're committing and just like you said, just talking and, and figuring out which way you want to go with it. That's where the humor lies by by the, the straightness of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That it, it's it's kind of the Yoda. Mentality, there is no try, do. <laughs> yeah, right, right, Because right, right. then that's what I tell, that's what I tell young comics, like a lot of a lot of young comics think I'm an ass because I tell them, well, don't F up. You know, if they're gonna, like, you know, before they're set. Yeah, yeah. That's not, that's not telling them not to, that, that I'm wishing them a bad set, but just, yeah, don't, don't F up. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. That's the rule. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Don't so screw up. When you did your open mics and you did good right off the gate, did you have somebody that kind of helped you, mentored you a bit? Mm-hmm. I had a few comics uh, that saw me like, oh god, he's because they all they would always say I had a good, great stage presence, or my look was deceiving, which was kind mean? of a, a which is kind of a backhanding compliment. How do you mean uh, uh, that I didn't look like I'd be that smart? Like what the hell? You talking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I did have. People, because I, I would always watch. I'm a, I believe in watching, sitting and watching, uh, and learn and just keeping your ears open, and your mouth shut. So I was when I started, I was doing like three sets a night at open mics all over LA. Like I was going all all the way. From, I was coming from on where I lived all the way to LA and doing three because because at that time every everywhere every place had an open mic. Because now because uh, then comedy was going through its renaissance. Mm. Uh, to where everybody wants, wanted to be a comic, just like it's going through now. Right. Um, so I was hitting uh, as many open mics as I can per night. So each time I did it, I got stronger, got stronger, got stronger. So I had to make sure I did three, four sets a night or four sets a week, mm-hmm. which I sacrificed because then I didn't have time for my, my other friends. I didn't have time for uh, women. I didn't have time for this th- or that. I was screwing up my job because I was... Coming in, coming home at three thirty in the morning to get up at five to come all the way back out here to work at a job that I hated, and you know it's sacrifice, right? And that's what I think. Uh, you you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, if you believe that you can do something, that you should be doing something, you go full, you go all balls deep, and just <laughs> just go, yeah. yeah, just get into it. And that's how you learn. That's how you become stronger. Uh, you can tell, like in comedy, a lot of comedians. Say they've done it for 15 years, but you see about seven years worth of work. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they haven't worked consistently. Mm-hmm. So, so are you working like every weekend somewhere? I'm trying to. Okay, I'm trying yeah. to. So like the longest gap I have is like a week where I'm not doing a set anywhere. Is that all across the states? Yeah. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, but a lot of times, because I don't have management. So I'm shopping for management now. So 
I've done everything I've done. I've done pretty much myself. Mm. So you constantly with me, I'm constantly looking for the next gig because you're only as good as your next gig. Right. You know, that was great when I come out for your cruise. You only you're searching for that next gig. You're searching yeah. for how to survive. And luckily, I have the benefit. I live with my mom because uh, she, she, she believes in the in what I've done. Right. So that makes it a little more a lot more convenient for me. Uh, now, but but also in comedy, you had comedy breaks off into other things too. Uh, like, am I going to do a host podcast, or am I going to host award shows, or am I going to become an actor, or am I going to break off into voiceover, which I want, which I'm interested in doing. Um, and I, and you establish a lot of re- good relationships. Well, that's what I said when I had all these different people before the cruise telling me about you. Mm-hmm. Had these? Had they come and seen you, or mm-hmm. they just, you were friends with them? Or yeah, and uh, everybody that recommended me, uh, recommended me. I know, I, I know personally, and because mm. I've always been a wrestling fan. It, it, it's, it's weird how comedy got me into the things I like, I love. Like I grow, I've always grown up a wrestling fan. I've always grown up a comic book nerd. Uh-huh. But now I'm hanging out with the wrestlers <laughs> I, I admired. And hanging out with the comic book creators hmm. that inspired me, you, you know what I mean. So the, yeah. the comedy brought that on. Social media helped. That that helped a lot. And that, I just showed these individuals respect, and now they show they respect me for what I do. Like there's a like Booker T. A you you respect you guys respect me as a comic because you know I'm funny because mm-hmm. uh, I do I do my I do what I was supposed to do right. And I of course I respect you guys for what you do. So it's a mutual respect. So that's that's when it's different than someone just using coattails or writing coattails right, or anything right, right. like that. When your name was suggested, your, it's your name itself. Mm-hmm. What an interesting name, Bruce Jingles. <laughs> Not hard to forget that. Yeah, and that's and my like, real name. That's your real name. Uh-huh. I've, I've never heard of the Jingles family. <laughs> well, okay. Well, my great-great-grandfather was a freed slave really? uh, yeah and he had the option at that time during slavery you had to, if you're freed you had the option of taking your former master's surname which would have been edwards right or coming up with your own name and he chose jingles because he thought it sounded like he had money in his pocket which is not just a blessing <laughs> but it's also a curse because we've been broke ever since <laughs> 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 so, so you grow up with you have. I think you have to if you have to grow up with that last name in South Central Los Angeles during the seventies. You better come up with a sense of humor, <laughs> and then you go to the school. But but your parents don't let you go to school in South Central. They made you go to school in the San Fernando Valley where you had a better chance of getting a better education. Oh wow! And that's where you, that's where you go. I went to junior high school with uh, Ice Cube. Really? Yeah. He was the teacher's assistant in my art class. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And, and it was weird because I remember, because I, I wanted to be a comic book artist. And I still kind of, I'm kind of getting back into it. My hands, I have a problem with my hands. Just Carpal a lot of jerking off. No, right. no, 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 just kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> Carpal tunnel was really bad. Um, but I'm getting back into art. And I remember uh, Ice Cube would say, or O'Shea, as I knew him, it's like, hey, what's that? And I go, oh, I want to be a comic book artist. He's all right, right? And I go see him writing lyrics. I go, what's that? He's all, it's my rap. 
uh, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did pretty good with that. Yeah, now I'm, I'm who's still living with their mom. So <laughs> a, lot, a lot of your act too. I remember when when Mark and I, my partner, were kind of scouting you and see what it was. You do a lot of uh, weed humor, shall mm -hmm. we say? What, what's the mindset and the idea from that? I don't want to be branded a weed comic, though. Right. Uh, is there know, such a thing, a weed yeah, comic? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, there are. They're, they're, I mean, if you if you start off with your stage name, and I hate stage names uh, as far as comedy because I think you're hiding yourself. Okay. Um, if you start off with like Stoner Rob, and there is a Stoner Rob, <laughs> uh, or uh, or Bong Bill, or or <laughs> Weed Willie, or something, like, you're stuck. So you can't do that corporate gig, like, for Ralston Perina or something like that, they're, they're, they're not going to, you know, book you, you know. Stoner Rob not getting a lot of gigs with... Uh, with uh, he's Ralston getting a lot of gigs, but he's just getting weed, weed gigs. Mm. And weed audiences are just stupid. And I'll say, and I'll say it. I'll, I'll, that's right, <laughs> world. Yeah, weed audiences are stupid because you, you can't try your smart humor because they're sitting up there looking with their mouth up, oh. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And by the time when they're driving home, then they get it. Right. You know, oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. So I can't hear that laugh because they're already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's. I don't know. It, but it's incorporated a little bit into your act, though. Yeah, because I love weed. Right. Um, it's because it, it, I think in your act you have to talk about yourself. Because mm. stand up like comedy is self deprecation. Mm -hmm. uh, it you you have to talk about yourself for the people to like you, so that way they can they can relate to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and, they, sure. and they can see the comparisons. So, of course, I like weed. I talk about weed. I like sex. I talk about sex. But I'm not a, a sex comic. Uh, I mean, I'm not Cosby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's the third Cosby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're all, <laughs> all over the Cosby today. It's just disappointing. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? It's I was just, pissed. Yeah. I'd heard in the, in the black comedy community, we kept everything in. Yeah. It was known. That he was rapey. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that there's a, <laughs> an, a word for that. Yeah, right? an, an, an adverb for, like, you know, that's rapey. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but we had known that. I'd learned about it. I had heard the rumors, and I opened for uh, Mr. Paul Mooney. If you don't know who Paul Mooney is, if you ever watch uh, Chappelle's show, he was Negro Damas. Uh, he's a legend in uh, comedy. <laughs> right. I used to write for Richard Pryor. Wow. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and that's who, that's how he got his he rise. And um, he told me he's a, a, a homie. Uh, he basically said, "Oh, well, Cosby ain't gonna do nothing but uh, drug them white women and rape them." And I went, huh? <laughs> uh, and this is like this is when I'm opening for him. I'm featuring for him and at, at the Improv where I started, which is an honor. And now picture this: we're in the green room watching the OJ verdict from OJ two. This time we got him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 for, and pardon me for saying this, but this is exactly what Mister Mister Mooney said. He goes, uh, "Homie, uh, they getting ready to put this nigga under the jail." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, in it under it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like no, yeah, getting rid of him. And and, and that's where just conversation. And somebody says, mentioned Cosby. And that's when he said what he said about Cosby. I'm like, huh? And then getting more into it, what I tried to do was meet people that influenced me before comedy. Mm -hmm. So I was meeting more and more people that were, that were uh, 
making uh, Mr. Mooney's claim legitimate. And then Hannibal Burris. Yeah. And I know Hannibal. <laughs> he, he, it's social media that did it. Just like social media, uh, social media destroyed uh, Michael Rich's uh, career. Oh, from his rant. Yeah, yeah. from his rant. Because yeah. somebody recorded. Because that was at the heyday. That was at the beginning of uh, camera phones. So now everybody had access to that. Was Michael Richards, is he racist? No, just stupid. Uh, just not experienced as a, com- as a comic to get out of that situation, mm. to say what he said. So having said that, uh, it was social media that fed into the Cosby thing. And now all of a sudden everything's trickling down. So uh, people were, you know, you still have the people that still say he's innocent. Well, no, 75 women Say he's not. Well, who's saying he's innocent? I mean, at this point, right? I said some, there's there's some stupid people, you know. But you have to watch. I mean, it, it's just the way of the world now. I mean, you said your 50th birthday's coming up, so is mine. Mm. But even for me, I've been in show business since I was 19. But from 1990 to you know 2000 is a completely different world yeah. than 2000 to now or 2005. Yeah, the casting now. the casting couch is gone. Right, because you see what happened with Weinstein. I mean, he's going up the river, man. No, dude. You know, it's funny that he shows up in court with a walker. No, dude. And well, look at well, look at when Cosby showed up in court. He had to get a, a cane, yeah. and he was acting blind. I go, oh, my right. I go. I was always thinking to myself, my mom was right. You will go blind. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you have to be careful with yeah. what you're saying and what you're doing and what you do. Yeah, it, you know, and that, and that that just shows. What power is. I mean, you know firsthand what that's like. Uh, yeah. And that's it. Uh, you know, it's, that, day, that day is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can't, we can't forget the women that have done that, too. It's, it goes both, both ways. How do you like, mean? Uh, the women, there, are women, there are powerful women that have done that, that have me too men. Right. You know, so why don't we have he too? <laughs> because I don't get the whole Me Too thing. First of all, I understand about the the bad part. I get right, it. Right. See, I don't get the hashtag because growing up, we always called the hashtag the pound sign. So basically, they're saying pound Me Too. So I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from you? Can oh, yeah, that's, that's a little joker. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, have you have you had to kind of change your act in any way? No, okay. no, I, 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 they know I'm coming from a kidding standpoint. I think if you say something like that, you have to back it up with, "Hey, I don't agree with it," but yeah, this, yeah. this, this, this. So you just explain your joke. Is it a little different because you're black too? Yeah, can you get away with a little bit more? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's really because I can say the stuff that if someone else said it, it'd be racist. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and they're, they're white comics that hate that. And, and then you have to, and you have to, t- uh, I, I remind them, well, you kind of set the pace for it to be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's, I don't know. I say things not just for shock, which you just tell the truth because I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? I don't care. Uh, if the truth hurts, so be it. That's why my penis is named the truth. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think these little nuggets you're sewing in here. Yeah, I got, got to. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Like, you know, uh, if, if you're black, you can, you know, hit on black humor. Mm-hmm. I can be racist against Canadians because mm-hmm. I'm a Canadian. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that Canadian racism is just running rampant nowadays. <laughs> I had Someone's got to stop it. <laughs> I had a joke of, uh, and then I found out another comic did it too, but I'm going to say it. I had a joke. I was like, nobody really takes Canada seriously. You know, look at the, look at the national anthem. Oh, Canada? <laughs> Someone else stole it. It's like, it, well, I mean, and I don't think I don't one. say I don't say stole it. I, I I don't think you know each other, and you have the same thought. Yeah, it's yeah, parallel yeah. thinking. So you know, it's, it's it's it's. This is such a cliched, ridiculous question, but where do you get your ideas for your material? Everywhere. Yeah, they can just come out of nowhere. Mm. Like I ha- I've had I've had old jokes that. What made them way better, which excelled them, was a simple comma. It's how you pacing. Mm, it, in the delivery? Yeah. Yeah. Simple, just a comma. Timing, right? Timing, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it changes things. Whatever. It, you just stumble upon, me, I just stumble upon jokes just in my daily life. Mm. And I know, oh, that's funny. Because I'm just honest about my daily life. And so I, I had that. I have a funny life. It's just weird. I know weird people, and I know everybody else knows weird people. Yeah, yeah. like you know Jeff. So <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, okay, let's explain Jeff. Red it's, Cup Jeff. Okay, he signed. We had a signing <laughs> on, a cru- on the cruise. Can, can I can I tell that? Yeah, please. Okay, he had a signing on the cruise, right? So we're all, and it was like signing for me. I had autograph signing. So me, Gabriel. Uh, your, your dad. I was sitting next to your dad, too, which yeah. is hilarious. It's hilarious. And Jeff signed somebody's penis. Now, <laughs> what? Yes, <laughs> he signed a actual penis. Yes, whose penis did he? Sign? I don't. I think your brother-in-law. I think it was an area like his lower abdominal area. Wasn't it exactly that was penis. <laughs> actual penis was signed. Actual, yes. I know my dad was signing uh, his people, butt crackers. People just wanting their butt signed, so he would sign M. No, he said W and then W. <laughs> yeah, wow. If you stand on your head, it says mom. Mom. <laughs> I, was like, I, I you love told your me dad. That joke when I was like freaking five years old, Dad. I love your dad, dude. <laughs> Dad's awesome, dude. Give him a hug for me, dude. <laughs> I will for sure. I will for sure. <laughs> so when you're when you're putting together your routine, because I know on the cruise, like it's like three sixty minute sets or forty minute sets. How? I mean, that's a lot of material. That's a long set. We mm-hmm. just, we just went and saw Fluffy the other night in Tampa, and I mean, dude, sold out. You know, 6,000-seat arena, ridiculous, huge, popular. And he goes about 65, 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's all great stuff from mm-hmm. beginning to end. But I'm thinking this is a long time to be funny. Yeah. But look at there's other comics that would do, like Ralphie. Ralphie would do, uh, the late, great Ralphie May yeah. would do two and a half hour sets. How do you do that? Because you're belting everything out. Mm. Your thoughts. And that two and a half, you know, so you people are, you know, you're belting it all out. Like Carlos Mencia does two and a half hour sets. But you that's know, all. Not, not that's most all. of his hits, but he's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ned. Uh, uh, it's, you're belting all this out because you're not going, because you're bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to the open mics, uh, the regular open mics, just popping in and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I have to do. Uh, you can go to an improv and just bump somebody. I got yeah yeah because you got to work on this. I got bumped by Chappelle when he was working on hey Jingles. I got to bump you. I got a new special coming out. <laughs> <laughs> People ain't gonna like me. Brother got to come out to paint. You know like 
<laughs> like a lot of people don't know how you can do a Chappelle. That's impression. a good one. <laughs> <I> thank you. <laughs> but they, that's where they work their stuff out, you know, at the club. So when they're doing weekends, they got control of it. So they can belt out all that shit. You know, boom, 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 boom. boom. And Ralphie, it just amazed me. He would do, this guy's close to 600 pounds. Is he that big? He was that wow. big. Wow. Yeah. And he was, yeah. He'd lost when he uh, he had uh, uh, the the stomach steak yeah, leg, the, yeah, yeah, the gastro bypass. Yeah. He lost two hundred and twenty pounds. That's me. He lost a full grown man. He lost to Jericho. Yeah, he lost to Jericho. Yeah, and gained back three hundred. How the how the hell did he break the lap band? And I told him that <laughs> he broke the lap band like that lap band just snapped. Damn. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and he gained back three. Gained back three. Yeah, wow. and that's the comic. That's comic life. It's just like wrestler life. And mm-hmm. I think that's why wrestlers and comics, we get along so well. Because we do the road all the time. Because mm-hmm. we die the same in hotel rooms. Right, or right. just, you're throwing yourself out there. If, if you're good, you're throwing out yourself out there every night. But like you're you said, too, there's, there's, there's some darkness there. Like, the same darkness. Once again, talking about Fluffy, we hung out after the show. And he texted me after. He's like, man, it was so much fun just hanging out after the show. Because you know, if you, if it's if people understand, it's it's lonely on the road. Yes. You know, if you don't have friends in town, you'd be performing in front of you know five thousand people, and then you go back to your room and sit there. Yeah, because you don't want to deal with. Yeah. And it's not that you don't want to deal with it. That's a lot to deal with. Five thousand people clamoring for you at yes. once. And uh, you know what I mean. So that's why a lot of comics. That's why a lot of people are standoffish. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's the business we came in. So that's the uh, the double standard of the business. So during the road, it is lonely because I I stay in the hotel room. I then people always say, "Oh, you just go out and party and drink." And, uh, yeah, I do, but I drink at the club, and I go home. Yeah, and I go to the hotel. I crash, and there's no uh, rape stories about Bruce Jingles because Bruce Jingles don't play that. And I just I just like to be by myself. I sleep on the road. Mm. That's where, that's where I get the best sleep. <laughs> because in L.A., I feel like I can't sleep. Hmm. And I shouldn't be sleeping because L.A. is constantly moving. So you said uh, you don't have any representation or anything like that. How are you booking gigs? Emails. Oh, yeah? Word so of mouth. So you're, you're your own booking agent. Yeah. Emails, word of mouth. Yeah. Um, Do you have a list of, like, all the clubs and just email them all? I just uh, look at the draw. Or, or you make your—they know who I am. So gigs, like, you can, you can go—I've like I've, I've gone— like before, I got the gig uh, on the cruise. I had I was like, I was struggling. Like, oh shit! Next month, what the hell am I gonna do? And then boom, gigs just come out of nowhere. It's it's weird. I I'm tired. I was talking to my friend Rob here. I was uh, on the way. I'm tired of booking myself. I've done it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the last time I had representation was from another comic. And honestly, I, and I cut that short because what's he gonna do that I can't do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If there's going to be a great gig, he's going to book himself. Of course. You know, it's like a wrestler managing you. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it doesn't make any sense. That's why I believe in establishing relationships with other people like yourself and Mark and the, uh, the other wrestlers and blah, 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 blah. People that are established in their career because maybe something can connect to them. Here's something too, and you were smart to take the gig on the cruise, and you know none of us are getting rich off it, but but we are 
understanding the promotional benefit of it. Yeah, because 5,000 people are on that damn. And you had a whole year of me saying, and Bruce Jingles is on the cruise, Bruce Jingles is on the cruise. So when you show up at a club, oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. He's doing the cruise. Because there's a lot of people, I don't need to say a name, but there's some people, like their manager, well, Fluffy's manager, for one. This is not the person I was going to talk to. Yeah. He was like, we know, I don't know what he's making. I guarantee it's probably about 100 grand a show, 200 grand exactly, a show. Exactly. Yeah, because he's the name on the draw. Of course, yeah. yeah. And we had the, what I had for him, he probably wouldn't even roll over in bed for. Yeah, exactly. But he wanted to go on the cruise. He wanted to be a part of it. He mm -hmm. likes the, the idea of it. And for what it's and worth. And he's a wrestling fan. He's a wrestling fan. Yeah. And for what it's worth, there was a year of talking about Gabriel Iglesias and Fluffy and this and that and the other thing. Now, a lot of people know him, but a lot of people don't. And mm -hmm. now there's a whole new uh, you know, world. So Instead of just being so short-sighted, like his, his manager said, well, he can't go. And so I text him, like, say, hey, man, I, I heard you can't go. Thanks for He said, what do you mean I can't go? Who said that? I'm like, uh, this guy? He goes, give me five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes later, uh, Fluffy's going to go. I told him he's crazy, but there's a big because they think it's here. Because they think, because the, the average person thinks it's bullshit. Right. You know what I mean? And right. it's not. It, Are you it, just looking at the number on the paper? Yeah, exactly. Not the stuff that, that you can't put a number beside. Because that dude is trying to make money off of him. Right. That, that's how he makes his money. Right. And I get it. Mm -hmm. um, they don't, you know, You can, sometimes you got to step back to go forward. Yeah. And that's what the, that's, and that's what the cruise, it's, you take, maybe you're taking a step back from not, what you don't normally get, mm -hmm. but, you're, but you're also getting a trip to the Bahamas. Right. But, uh, you but know, also, on, too, your name... Is blasted. It's around there. Yeah, yeah. So you you you're gaining all these new fans. Like I have wrestling fans. I legitimately have wrestling fans. I haven't even been in a match, thank God. But <laughs> I have wrestling. It, it's crazy. Like I, I go to signings because I am a fan. I I went to a, an Angle signing a few weeks ago. Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah. And I had people chanting for me when I walked in, and that was weird. And people that had been on the cruise. And this is L.A. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a small world. Like, I get recognized on the street. Like, you, you, like um, I've gone overseas to Iraq and uh, performed for the troops. Oh, right on. Yeah. Like a USO yes, thing? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And I've talked to comics before. When I did it, like, there are comics that are like, what the hell are you doing that for? Because those, those are fans for life. Mm -hmm. Those are fans for so life. So appreciative yes. that you went. Yeah. We went three times, seven, eight, and nine, and I still have people, hey, man, I was there. Or, yeah. That's dude. 11 years ago now. Yeah, dude, dude, I still get that, too. Yeah. Like, I, I did a club in El Paso two years ago, and I had 10 cats from, from a battalion that I met in Iraq come to the show. Wow. And they brought 30 people with them. Yeah. So that's 40, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And because they, because I made so much of an impression on them. It, How was that going over to Iraq and doing those shows? Very amazing. Yeah, I cried one at one because uh, because we forget that they we don't or we just don't know that they feel forgotten and they are because we have our daily lives. You know what I mean? But they feel forgotten. Mm -hmm. So to get a touch of home there is. Whew. Right. So it's like, oh, thank God, I needed that. And this uh, soldier came up to me, and he had tears in his eyes. He goes, thank you. He gives me a hug, and he gives me his lighter. Was, and i never forget it. It was a military lighter. Mm. And, you know, it's simple things like that. And he uh, 
I know he got injured, mm. but, he, uh, but he's okay now. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's something that I didn't realize is just how long those guys go over there for. Yeah, and how small the world is. And, and how do you mean? And that uh, in the complex I live in, there was a guy that I knew. I ran into somebody. I lived in the same apartment complex. Mm. Over there. Over there. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's how small the world is. Yeah, yeah. Y- 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 you know? Uh, but you would see, like, you know, uh, the, the, you would... You know, I've done signings at like military bases for like my books and stuff because they have their own you know, canteen, whatever it's called. And, and you'd see kids that their dads hadn't even seen them yet. Yeah. Because they, they go there for, you know, 12 months, 18 months, whatever the hell it is. And here's a, you know. Is a stranger coming home calling me dad? Yeah, 19 Call, months. Calling me son. Kids. I haven't seen him yet or whatever. You know, it's really, uh, so to see that. What, was, what did you feel like when you were over there in the war conditions, so to speak? I was over the wire a lot. Over the wire is when you're getting, when you're in action. Yep. Uh, outside the wire. Yeah, yeah. outside the, yeah. And uh, when you go over there, you find out that, you, that your ranking in the military is like a, you're like a, a lieutenant. Just as a civilian? Just as a civilian, you're like a, a lieutenant. Really? And they give you, in some cases, you had to carry a sidearm. That's how, yeah. I so, never had that. We you never, never had that. You, know, you had military. We, you were a larger group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that was only a couple of times that happened. Mm. Uh, you, so we were going, like in Iraq, we were going from different to different bases. Some would be camps, like literal camps, like tents, boom, uh, you know, in the dirt and everything. And then some would be Solomon's palaces, like these palatial yeah. Palaces with gold toilets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. stayed in one of those. Yeah, wasn't it weird? It was weird because there was a big, I guess, like a compound of them with a big like lake in the middle of it. Yeah, that was, and, and it had three-eyed fish. Did yeah. you see those fish? Oh, it's terrible. Did, 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 did these, these like in the Baghdad? And then, now you went to the palace in Baghdad, yeah. right? Now, when in the palace in Baghdad, when you come from outside the wire, they fly you in a, in a, in a Blackhawk, mm. which was awesome. And then, you know, so you're thinking, I'm having blue thunder flashbacks and stuff like that. <laughs> Roy Scheider like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Jamf. <laughs> uh, just another f-ing observer. Jaffo. Just another snafu, right? Or, yeah, no, Jaffo. Oh, just Jaffo. An, that's Jaffo. a Jaffo. Yeah, just that's another right. yeah, yeah. That's obscure. <laughs> and that was, uh, that, um, that was uh, Warren Oates' last movie. Was it really? Yeah, that, and that was the senior dude on uh, To Roy Scheider. Okay. They got killed. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, was, yeah. <laughs> and he was in The Wild Bunch. Okay, Rapper but the word, we're, um, it just, look. So you're talking about the three? The three fish yeah, because the there's these huge mutant carp in the. Because the lake is so polluted, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it's a moat. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's it's basically a moat, and these three eyed fish, like it was like Springfield. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and they told us to stay out of it, obviously. And lo and behold, fit in. Jeff Hardy went swimming in it. Well, because he's daring. Yeah, that's why he has green hair. It's, that's not a diet. It's real. <laughs> like the, that's what happened. The three eyed fish. I remember that. <laughs> It was great, and then and and they come up like, Whoa. and then like, oh, like, uh, like you saw, like, what? And, they, and they tell you they have they have to tell you not to get in the water, right? I know not to get in the water if I just say boom, and like, 
Like, do I look like Jonah? <laughs> so as we start to, to wind down here, so you're talking about your, your comedy special and, and selling, is that is that how you start going to the next level yeah. now? Yeah, because I, I, I feel that enough of the big, everybody knows me, all the big wigs know me. They're, hey, Jingles, Jingles, Jingles. Yeah. They, they, they know me. The name is out there. The name is out there. It's getting it out there, packaged and ready to go. Because they're not looking... For they already had their picks. I want to just give them something like here, boom. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? They already have their favorites, like the tight jeans, uh, young uh, cat. Yeah, you, you know. tight jean comedians. Yeah, not like, to be confused with weed comedians. Yeah, or, or, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but you know what I'm saying. But I, mean, I think if you have something that's put together well and it's sellable, so be it. That this is just my hopes mm-hmm. to. Get this, get this done. I, I, just because the place I'm uh, filming is uh, the Bridges Auditorium in Claremont, California, which is literally six minutes from my house, and it's on the campuses of uh, Claremont College. It's a beautiful theater that so holds uh, holds two thousand people. Wow! Big so room. It's, yeah, so it's a big room, but it's a big, beautiful room, and it, basically, I'm getting I'm getting it for free. Mm. Basically, so why not do it? Right, and then why not do it right? It's about time. Twenty years. It's about yeah. it's about time. Um, and I'm shopping for different people to invest. That's just the whole thing. I I don't know that aspect. Uh, right, 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 right. So hopefully, is there like somebody like you mentioned David Tell a few times? Is is that a guy that's helped you or, or would help you or do you even know him? I I know uh, Jay Chappelle. I'm oh, sorry, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, I know I, I've met uh, Attell too. But who's, but who's think, the guy that? Oh yeah, Chappelle's the one that bumped you for his thing. Yeah, and that's right. That's that's right, Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you do, that lion tamer. <laughs> uh, I think in comedy, everybody's for themselves. Mm. They're not out to help the people that don't work under them. Right. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Again, why I left. The management I had before, who was another comedian. Was comedy, okay. yeah, yeah. I think it's outside investor because the majority it's not, it's it's never because if you really look at uh, specials, it's never really the same executive producer. Mm. There's not a yeah, it's not a factory of specials yeah. coming up. And if they are, it's and if it's Comedy Central or something like that, they own yeah, they're bu- that yeah, special. yeah, yeah, they're paying for it. They're pay, they're paying for they're, they're buying that block and they own you, so they can just pay you that once. And they can show it as many times as you want, many times yeah. you want, you know, many times you want. I don't want that. I and I'm I'm going to be adamant about it. And I I think I'm worth. I want to own my special. I just want. To, I just I don't care about the money for the special I, or what have you because I would probably sell it like twenty 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 five bucks a ticket. I just want the special done. Yeah. That, that I just want it done. I want it out there. You want to produce the special, Chris? No. <laughs> Uh, and oh, hell, the owner of AEW. Uh, hey, hey, hey. He's got, hey, you own the football team, you could produce a special. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want it out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, so I don't want to leave a mark. I don't have kids. I don't have, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And I want to just leave a mark. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't think that's too much to ask. That's a good, uh, a good, good final statement. The last question for you who's your favorite comedian of all time? <laughs> It can go go uh, Chappelle. I had I'd, I'd, I'd have to say Chappelle, mm. not just as 
a comedian, but as a human being. Like uh, after the uh, shooting in Ohio, he put together that festival and we had, where he got Stevie Wonder and all these legends to work for free. Mm. Would Pryor have done that? No. Mm, yeah, yeah. Am I denouncing his greatness? No. I'm not denouncing his greatness, but I, I think they're at two different places. Chappelle proves what raising a child in a two-parent household can do mm. compared to a bordello. Does that make any sense? Right, sure, of course. Um, but when you're talking about like black comedians, this, this is actually a good kind of final thing. Pryor, obviously huge influence. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, huge influence. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle, huge influence. Mm-hmm. In a three-way dance, who's the most influential? Who's the, Chappelle. Chappelle. More than, more than Eddie? I think Eddie, because Eddie, it's two different, this, you're Eddie talking two different time frames. Too, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Eddie, Eddie was the rock star. Yeah. Of. Great point. You know, you, know, you know what I mean? And also his time on the street, so to speak, was very short. Yeah. Because by the time he was 22, he was. Yeah, done. he's already superstar. Yeah. He, had done, he was 20 when he did 48 hours. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was 17 on SNL. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure you remember growing up Absolutely. watching that dude. Like yeah, everyone knew Eddie Murphy. Everybody knew Gumby. Yeah. yeah everybody, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody knew Mr. Robinson. Yeah. Like, and so when he came back and did SNL, which was the greatest, one of the greatest episodes Amazing. of all time, it was a retake. Because yeah. people was like, oh, so I didn't do anything new. He didn't even need to do yeah. anything new. Yeah. It was, yeah, Nobody that body wanted to work. see him do anything new. They see him do his famous guy. Yeah, and they want yeah. to see Gumby. You want to see yeah. Buckwheat. You want yeah. to see Velvet Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And that's what it is. Uh, that cake skit was hilarious. Oh, right? d- the baking oh, thing. Oh, shit, oh, the demonic cake. Oh, no, the one I liked was the black elf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> Have you seen uh, 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 Dolomite? Yes. That's great. That's a classic Eddie Murphy. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. He did that for Charlie. For his brother, yeah, because that was fan? yeah. He t- Charlie, Charlie was a huge fan of Dolomite because in the black community everybody knew Dolomite yeah. because he was like the masterpiece of his time, yeah. like selling, literally selling uh, records out of the, out trunk. Of the trunk of his car. Yeah, yeah. And every, everybody knew Dolomite way down in the jungle deep. Badass lion stepped on the signified monkey feet. That was just <laughs> the, in the black culture. So when Charlie died, which shocked the hell out of the comedy world. Because I didn't, I didn't know Charlie was sick. Mm. Uh, he kept it to himself. Uh, Did he have cancer or something? Yeah. yeah. And his wife had died two years before oh, that. Wow. Two, three years before that yeah. of cancer. Wow. It, that was sad because I always, I loved Charlie because just... You know, because that's what he did. You know, right? That's right, Jingles. That's right, nigga. <laughs> hey, Jingles, I need some weed, nigga. That, that was that was him. You know, I I got to do guest sets with him. Because I could get weed for him because he'd fly in from New York. He couldn't fly in. At that time, he couldn't fly in with weed. And so the manager of the improv would call me and say, uh, Charlie Murphy needs weed. I go, really? And I would go get him. Yo, nigga. Yeah, right. Depending <laughs> on how good this weed is depends on your set. So I would get like 40, 25 minute sets when, the, you know, that's good weed, nigga. <laughs> and, you know, you so you establish relationships with people you look up to. That's what that's what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. Establish relationships with people I look up to and respect. And so they can respect me. Now it's time for the gatekeepers to, to do the same for you. Yeah. Bruce, it was great having you on the cruise and uh hopefully we'll, if we ask you to come on the third one, will you come? <laughs>
Yes, dude. <laughs> dude, I'll be the. You're gonna have to retire my number. <laughs> you, Teddy, and uh, by the way, uh, Jeff said, "Tell him the tall midget says hi." Yeah, I love that dude. <laughs> and it's weird. Like I've, I've established this relationship with people from your cruise, and we still communicate on social media. It's awesome. And that's, and that's like you said, right from the start, summer camp. Yeah, uh, the camaraderie, and and most of them will be back next year. So, dude, and I can't wait. I can't wait, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Much love, man.